live from the ESPN 690 and Adjari Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Yeah, I just love that guy, man. I mean, how do you not? The guy is, uh, it's all good. It's all work. It's all positive. It's all, my gosh, you saw him when I saw him. He took the field, you know, tempo, moving the ball. And uh, I love Cam Robinson. He kept going and going and going even after he got dinged. You know, there's so many great things. That's why you get your ass kicked, and there's going to be a day we don't get our ass kicked here. That's coming. And I uh, know that guy's going to be part of it, that six-foot whatever he is quarterback. And uh, care deeply for that guy. Well, Urban Meyer, I don't know how many times you've been right in your life. But my goodness gracious, I hope you're right about that. Unconfirmed at this point. <laughs> yes, it is highly unconfirmed. Uh, that day is coming, he says. Do you believe him? I Yeah, I do. I mean, I... Do you have any other choice? Uh... Yeah, like I told you earlier, the easy way is being negative, but... It's not us. Yeah, I just think it's... I do believe there's something weird about the franchises that I told you, but I do believe that it's so hard to be this bad for as long as the Jags have been bad. I, I think there's something hard about that, although there are examples of it. I, again, Detroit's a great example. Buffalo was for 20 years. Uh, the Patriots and the Saints were for a long, long time. The NFL has a... Li every. Not every, but probably just about every team has a history of bad for a length of time. So it's very odd, and, and they all did the same things. They got new GMs. They got new head coaches. They got new quarterbacks. They had a revolving door of players, and they still couldn't figure it out. And so how did they figure it out? Well, that's a study of probably a handful of teams, like the Rams are one right now, and we've said it before, the McVay hire changes things. Did moving change anything? I don't think so, but McVay hire changed things. Buffalo, McDermott, the Bean hire, got a little lucky, patient with Josh Allen, got a little lucky on some other moves. I always think there's some bit of luck involved. Uh, Jags, I don't really feel like I've gotten lucky in much right no now. Luck. I mean, really, yeah. the luckiest move is like a James Robinson. You that's know, a that's, a, that's a lucky move. So uh, they are, you Minshew know, was lucky didn't like work work but that was lucky yeah i mean but turning your franchise around lucky is different right yeah i mean uh, i don't know what the lions i i i mean they've tried everything you know what they say tim boyle is <laughs> he's next so i mean you look at the teams that uh, really if you go back even to seattle right when they turned theirs around because they weren't very good either i mean they were kind of like a whatever franchise and what they got lucky in was not not Pete Carroll necessarily, but they got lucky with Russell Wilson. And they also got lucky with a couple of those Legion of Boom guys. Like, they were yeah. fifth-round guys. I forget, was it Browner at first who was from, like, the CFL? Yep. Like, I mean, it was crazy where they got those guys. And they coached them up, but they got lucky with some of those guys. It turned into something. Um, so, anyway, that's how you flip it. Eventually, is you need a little luck. I'm not saying it's all luck. You need some good things. You usually need a good quarterback. And so the Jaguars, I think, have li hopefully they'll start there. We just don't know how good he's going to be yet and haven't learned a whole lot about him. I, mean, I think that's probably the, the shame of the season so far now that we're 10 games in. That's a good little – that has a ring to it, shame of the season. Yeah. I, have we learned anything about Trevor Lawrence? He's not a quitter. 
<laughs> That's what we know. Um, he's not going to throw his teammates under the bus. He's. I, I think what we learned is he's what we thought he was in front of the microphone and in the public eye. That would be my takeaway. Yeah, he's he's a... I think we knew this, but I think we've confirmed that he's a CEO. He, he can be the CEO guy. Yeah. Right? Like, when you look at Brady and Manning and, and guys that were the stud quarterbacks of their, I mean, even Rodgers. Mm -hmm. like Rodgers kind of does it in a weird way, but, like, Russell Wilson. Yep. Like, he's a CEO. And uh, you need CEOs at the top with your GM. You need CEO kind of guy with your head coach. And you need CEO kind of personality and traits with your quarterback. In, in today's, really, not just NFL, but any level of, of football, mm -hmm. uh, your quarterback has to act that way. And so, yeah, I think he's that. That's all we got. But, like, I have, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, like, some people will say, like, yeah, he's a boss. I'm like, no, he hasn't even shown us enough. Like, I'm not even sure he's shown us enough bad to give me that. Yeah. I mean, he hasn't played awful football a lot. No. To be honest with you, I thought one of, like, he, he made some awful throws, like, back in week one against Houston. Like, remember the pick? On the left side of the field to, like, nobody? Yeah. But they, he hasn't played, like, gross, bad football. I mean, he's had some not-so-great games. Like, there's some – I mean, Seattle wasn't good. Seattle was – I still think Seattle was, like, a bad game for him. He had a bad moment at the end of the Indy game. A lot of people tell you he didn't play that well in the Indy game to begin with. There was nothing to say about yesterday's game. And there was some good and some bad and some mixed bad kind of rookie quarterback stuff throughout some of the other games. There was some good, like in the Cincinnati game. But it's really weird, 10 games in, to not really have learned much about Trevor Lawrence. It's the shame of the season. <laughs> no, but I think one thing we also might have learned is he's learning, and he's learning what not to do in the sense of he had all those interceptions to start, and now he's not doing that. And there might be something to be said for this is a this isn't something we'll have to figure out longer down the road. How much worse could this offense be if he was not the quarterback? Like maybe they're just like I know it sounds bad that they could be worse, but maybe they could be. Maybe he's elevating them and we just don't know it yet. And we might never know that answer. Well, the problem a little bit is and I have a hard time uh, again, the eye test tells me some different things. Even Urban today during his news conference says, "Hey, listen, Trevor played pretty well. Like you're not going to really see it and there wasn't a lot to see." But he actually, from what they went in there thinking he could do, asked him to do from a progression standpoint, escaping some of the rush, scrambling when he needed to scramble, making the right decisions, like all those things that we really don't look at. We just look at completion percentage, touchdowns, picks. Like Urban said, uh, he played well. He, he tried to hold up by saying that was one of his better games from all that standpoint because it was such a bad game overall. Right. But you could almost sense that that's what he's like, hey, people got to help him out. But... Uh, he was kind of indicating that Trevor played in a nothing kind of game, played pretty well. Um, but that also shows you that the standard hasn't been set. Not super high. If it's 158 yards, 16 to 25, and nothing, nothing, uh, touchdowns, interceptions, like what's the standard? So, yeah. I, I do really think that, uh, that, we have to find something to hang on to about Trevor Lawrence over these last seven. And, uh, and, and let's be fair. I don't know if we've learned enough about Justin Fields. I don't know if we've learned enough about Zach Wilson. And I'm not ready to call Zach Wilson a bust. I think from the outside looking in, again, the sample's real small because you've missed so many games now. 
But it was a bad start. Mm -hmm. But now if he does come back, and I think Salah gave an update today, and I'm not exactly sure, but uh, the if he comes back over the next six games, maybe we learn a little bit more about Zach Wilson. Trey Lance, we're not going to learn anything about this year. That's crystal clear. Like, why didn't Trey Lance even play yesterday in that game toward the end? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I thought why wouldn't same. they have put him in? Yeah, I don't, I don't understand. I mean, San Francisco's probably not going to blow out too many people. And that was a game where you could have put him in easily just to go get some reps. I didn't understand that. The NFL's weird like that. They, they don't do that very often. Like, Which is Ty, always so strange. Well, Ty was sitting there. He's like, why do you even have James Robinson in the game right now? And for my like, fantasy team, Ty. For well, my fantasy team. Well, you're not that far off. But that's not how it works in the NFL. Like, they don't think like that. Because you know why James Robinson's in the game? It's because in January, his agent wants to get him a new contract. And James Robinson wants to play. And he wants to, he don't want to be on the sideline. And you got a risk of, of really taking off your best player on offense if you take him out of that game. He doesn't care what the score is. And his agent really doesn't care what the score is. His agent wants yards and touchdowns and more ammunition to sign him. Yeah. So, well, yeah, maybe the smart play is, all right, take him out because what are you doing? That's not what the way, it's just not the way it works in the NFL. But I, I did think about it. I was like, I wonder if Trey Lance will get in this game. I mean, why not get him a few reps? And just odd, because we know Trey Lance is the future quarterback. So it's a little different scenario. Why wouldn't you put him in uh, right there? But obviously we don't know much about Trey Lance. We don't know much about, I think, Zach Wilson right now. I mean, it's a bad start, but we don't, I mean, I'm not writing off Zach Wilson. They're terrible around him. Justin Fields has had some good moments. He's had some really bad moments, and now he got dinged up. Yep. Uh, and I just don't think, I think there's a confidence in Justin Fields that if they put some better things around him, he's going to be a good player. Mac Jones, we, we know Mac Jones can at the very least do this, which is exactly what you ask him to do, not make a lot of mistakes, make a player here or there when you need it, and run that offense the way you want it run. Now, time will go by where we got to find out if he can do what Justin Herbert did last night, right, and, and right. elevate your team. Mm-hmm. And that's what we still don't know. That's my problem with the Trevor stuff. And that's where I thought last week he had a golden opportunity. I think he knew that. I think that's why he was so disappointed last week. Had this golden opportunity to be like, hey, watch this. Come on, boys. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead you down there. And that was a moment, and we've had very few opportunities to see that kind of moment out of Trevor. That was really one of the firsts, and uh, it ended in a fumble. So that's why the disappointment. But there is so much to play for here in those last seven games. If for nothing else that... I just said the shame of the season is 10 games in. We have no idea. Like, you really don't. You can have hope. The faith in the fact that he was the number one pick and you know his talent and, and he hasn't played awful enough to, um, you know, discourage your thinking on that front. But he also hasn't played well enough to show you evidence that you're right or I'm right or whoever's right. And uh, I think there's just a lot unknown still after 10 games. And I thought we'd know a little bit more by now on Trevor Lawrence, and I just don't think we do. And yesterday was like a, just like the symbolic nature of the season. Yesterday was a game where I, I couldn't sit here and tell you if Trevor Lawrence was good or bad. He was just there. He was out there, yeah. That's what we know. Durable. How is that? Not going to You could call Reliable. As in, he's going to be out there, unlike Logan Cook. <laughs> how how we got into that? I don't. What do you, like you think that he didn't think they were going to punt there, or he was just chilling? Or said, like Steph told me today that she said uh, she was waiting. 
or still watching, and somebody in the stand said that he was arguing with the ref because of the previous play that had happened. And so he was arguing instead of get out there. I think that's what she told me. I have no idea. I didn't see that. All I saw is the fact that I was out there in the stands, too, and I couldn't pull my phone out fast enough because I noticed that they were lined up. And uh-huh. I was like, they are not. They are going to snap this ball to no punter. This is where rock bottom is. That they been are rock going bottom. to yeah. snap the ball to a punter that's not there. Because at first I was kind of curious, like, are they going to go for it? It's like fourth and 25 late in the game. Right. I was like, why would they go for it? And I saw them line up. And I'm like, where is the punter? <laughs> oh, man. I mean, it, what, a, what are we doing? It's a great. It's a shame of the season. Like that needs that to be a is, T-shirt. That is seriously something that you see on Friday night now, and I'm not even sure you see that on Friday night. Not from the teams that are still playing. All right, so here's the deal. All right, let's. It's so bad we got to laugh at it. Okay. What part of the game yesterday was the biggest? Like when they watched the film, they like wanted to throw up in their mouth the most. I mean, it would have to be, this isn't the answer you're looking for, but it would have to be on the first drive, the holding, right? Because who knows what happens if, I don't know, they don't have the ball for 13 minutes. They only have it for six, and they don't score. You know what I mean? Like, from a coach's perspective, that's where I think. Yeah, but I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you something from the coach's perspective, though, because I just know this is the way they think. And I think Urban might even said it today. They only gave up a field goal. True. So they only gave up, like, they played off. They actually, like, they, they had three sacks on that drive. Three sacks. Right. And now two of them were negated by penalty. Mm-hmm. But so if you're a coach, you're like, like, if I'm Joe Cullen, I'm like, dang it, man, we got, we got pressure. Like, we called the right plays. Like, we got them off the field. And then you're, like, through all that adversity, like, hey, we hung in there and we still forced a field goal. So that's the way coaches think. So I'm not sure they're, like... I think it's like Rayshon Jenkins, the next one. Well, yeah. Like, oh, my. Did he really just do that again? And then he got ejected? Was it the punt? Was it the Tavon Austin drop? Oh, that was bad. Like, the exclamation point. Was it LaVisca's fumble? That's a play, though. That probably just happens. It's probably not making, like. I mean, I'm sure they were upset, but I don't know about sick. The, the punt, you might be onto something. The dropped punt, because of all the special teams talk there is can't really let that happen right i know it's your backup punt returner but still yeah i wonder like it was the heart i'm sitting there and i'm trying to visualize the team room and you're watching the video the film or the coaching staff watching the film and like you have obviously the sickness of the first drive but then rayshon jenkins then lavisca chanel then the then after you watched all this garbage football on tape and you get to the point where you either muff the punt or, or no your punter. punter doesn't show up. Like, I, I, I would there's some time in there that the remote goes thrown at the, at the projector screen. There would have to be, yeah. And I got to believe it's when, like, Cook doesn't show up on the field. Like, that's probably the worst. I wonder how close they were to snapping the ball, like, internally. Well, he did. I mean, they, the clock went all the way down. Well, yeah. And so they ended up taking a delay a game. So, I, I mean, they couldn't have been that close. I wonder if there was a moment where the long snapper was just like, well, he's probably waiting on the cue from the up man. True. Right? Yeah, that's And so, true. thankfully, the up man notices. 
I'll, I'm going to give you one man, uh, one more thing that, that bothers me. I just see the ball going by, the up man. He's like... <laughs> yeah. so I was ready for it, man. I'm telling you, I could not get my phone out of my pocket quick enough. And I got a picture of Logan Cook running on the field. You did. But I couldn't, I wanted the video because I was like, I can't believe this. This is about to happen. Yeah. Like, it was all happening so slowly in my mind, but too fast for me to get the, the whole, to catch it all. This, I, the, the thing that's driving me insane, and I tweeted this last night because I watched like uh, Tomlin do it. Tomlin called timeout because they had no clue what they were doing on third down play. I don't understand what the Jags coaching staff's doing on the sideline when on fourth and one, you know, the Kittle touchdown on yes. fourth and one, mm -hmm. they had guys like running on and off the field through oh. the whole play clock. Like, and by the way, when it's at the one yard line, that's a long run. Was that the play Taven barely got there? It had no. to be. Uh, was that that was like on, a, I think that might have been on the field goal. Uh, that was on a field goal. Taven, I think, that was down the south end zone. And Wingard ends up having to count every guy because they didn't know if they had the right amount of guys on. That's right. And uh, smartly, Wingard did that, and he counted right. Because he thought, her, uh, for a second, Wingard actually, I think, told him to stop because he thought he already had 11 on. I mean, listen to what we're talking about. This is an <laughs> NFL team. <laughs> Oh no! It I happens mean, all so I can many do is times. I laugh at it. Like seriously, I watch. I'm watching this stuff unfold. Go back to the first kick of the game, and you will see. I, th I don't know if it was Taven Bryan, but I think that's what you're talking about. And Taven Bryan's running on the field, the south end zone part. Yes. And Wingard is like, no, and then yeah, and then counting, and then it's like, I can't believe this. They're going to get a 12 man on the field. Like that's what I'm thinking. They're 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 surrendering the white flag and kicking a field goal on this drive, which I can't believe Shanahan even did. We need and then we're gonna, they're going to get a 12 men on the field because of it. We need one Harvard-educated edu safety or just somebody that can count to 11. So anyway, I want to go back, though, to that fourth and one. See, I think it's – so you have all these guys running on and off the field and a change in personnel. And by the way, I'm not blaming the – like 49ers were mixing things up and you're adjusting, and it's a long run. When you're at the one-yard line, you're coming off the bench at like the 35. Like the whole bench doesn't shift down to the goal line. So that's a long run to make when you're making these substitutions. I just, it's a big play at the moment, right? I think it was 10-0. I think that's when it was 10-0. This was uh, after the fumble. Is that when Kittle caught the touchdown? No, Kittle scored later. Oh, it was even later than that? Because I had him in fantasy, yeah. It was later. Oh, well, so they weren't one the big play then. But the bottom line is, how do you not call? So that's even a better example then. Why wouldn't you call a timeout? Because who cares? You're not in the game anyway. Yeah. So you're not burning a timeout. It doesn't matter. And by the, you can't burn a timeout if you call it in a critical moment. Like, you just have to call the timeout if you're not ready. And they don't. And I don't know if Wingard was supposed to be matched up on Kittle. Mismatch. Like, I, I think uh, 49ers spread everybody out. There was nobody in the middle of the field, so it was an easy route, and pitch, pitch and catch, basically, for, for Garoppolo and, and Kittle. And maybe they would have executed even if they did call the timeout. But I just don't understand. Uh, this is like the fifth time this year it's happened where I'm like looking at it from the press box and I'm saying, you are not ready for this play. Like, call a timeout. You're waiting for a disaster to happen. And they don't do it. Yeah. Do, don't some coach, is this real that like other teams have timeout coaches? Is that a thing? Because I've heard that. Yeah, some do. I think some. Do we need one? <laughs>
Because yeah, Irvin's kind of slow, too, know, just naturally. He's I, slow guy. You only get three timeouts and a half, so I would have already burned through some of them probably. It's a good call. <laughs> can't really have a timeout, Coach, if you can't get the players on the field. Like, your first half especially, call timeout when in doubt. Because you don't need yeah. the timeouts usually in the first half. Very few times do you need them. It was a comedy show. That was a comical segment. It was good. And it all started with the shame of the season. Needs to be on T-shirts, maybe uh, skull caps as well. Yeah, it's a good one. I don't know the logo yet or how we maybe action sports jacks with the snowflakes. I don't know. We'll work it in. Shame <laughs> of the season. Snowflakes. <laughs> we'll be back. Action sports jacks on ESPN 690. Uh, just everybody, the whole team. We got a lot of guys that, especially in the quarterback room, um, a lot of the coaching staff as well. But the team's done a great job of sticking together. Um, just throughout all the good and bad that's happened, and obviously that's going to be, like I said, that's the main thing right now is just to continue to do that. You know, we have seven games left. we got to just stick together, keep fighting, and go play our best ball moving forward. Um, you kind of see in years past other teams, maybe even here, wherever, where at the end of the season just keeps going downhill. That's not, we're not going to do that. So um, just to keep fighting, and we gotta put we got to put better stuff out there on the field. I mean, that was bad today, so. That might be the most broken I've heard Trevor Lawrence. He looked broken. Well, last week, too. I mean, he was pretty stunned last week by everything. Um, but now, so you're really talking about two weeks in a row. Like, and so the problem, how do you get that guy more confident? And what can you do around him to get him confident? And I know it looks like a lost cause. They'll, I'm telling you, I still think they'll find something. They'll find something. They'll figure it out. They have to. Uh, they have to dig a little deeper to figure it out right now. But when people get, that's kind of the way competition works and competitors work, they, we're all going to be like, oh, yeah, they're going to score like five points the rest of the year. <laughs> five would be pretty hard. Uh, but they're going to score 10 points a game the rest of the year. Well, it's not going to happen like that. Is I'd be surprised. Now, if you're like in Detroit, I'd bank on scoring like 15 a game or 13 a game because that's all they score. Like Detroit scored, by the way, the Jags still, I think, have the lowest point total of the season nice. in terms of their season high. That's 23. Okay. Uh, they also had 21. Was the 20, where was the 23, by the way? Is that in the loss to Houston? Yeah. Yeah, it so it was like a garbage yeah. time 23. They scored 21 against Cincy. Uh, oh, no, they scored 23 to beat Miami. That's what it was. 23-20. Oh, was he... I, I forget what his final score is Houston. I'll look it up. Um, a lot to not enough. Uh, but That's anyway, true. Detroit, like, they they scored 33 in that desperation game against San Francisco in week one. Remember they kicked, like, two onside kicks or something? And then after that, they I think they've been in, like, the teens every game. 21. So it was 21 Houston. against Houston? Yeah. So 21 against Houston, 21 against the Bengals, yep. uh, 23, 23 against Miami. Yes. Do they have another game at the, they hit 20? We got 17. I can do you 17. I can do you 19 twice. I can do you 19 twice. Twice. Yep. So the Jags in 10 games have hit the 20-point mark just three times. Yeah. My gosh, it gets grosser and grosser. <laughs> you asked. I mean, yeah. we could have just talked All about right. I'm done talking about the Jags for now. The Frisbee dogs. I heard that was a big topic yeah, down fris there. Frisbee dogs were good. Uh, Even to you? Because you're not, you know, you're anti-dog. Yeah, I didn't watch. I'm not anti-dog. I don't, anti -dog. don't have dogs. Uh, the I didn't watch it, though, I will say. <laughs> hey, by the way, I just got as a season ticket member, 49ers Jaguars, tell us about your experience. 
<laughs> do you feel bad for other people that are, like that must be an entertaining day down at the stadium <laughs> like that's got to be an entertaining day uh, listening to the, those replies i'm not taking the survey jags i just did three hours on it oh man oh man Jacksonville Jaguars. Hey, by the way, uh, Florida State basketball plays tonight on ESPN 690. Uh, we will have the Giants and the Bucks game on WOKV. So programming note, we've got both going on at the same time. Uh, Jacksonville Classic for FSU. They're playing in town at UNF Arena. Had some folks telling me they look really good yesterday. I didn't get over to the game. They obviously won and, and uh, won pretty big over Loyola Marymount. But uh, they... Uh, will go again tonight against Missouri. Missouri team that come back came back and won in overtime. So Did they? Yeah. I know a lot about this stuff. I hate to cut you off. Is Austin on? We got the champ on the phone. Uh, all right? Yeah, very That's good. all that really matters. I was looking for a lifeline, so I wouldn't have to talk about the Jags anymore. Yeah, sorry. And here we are. Austin Lane, where the hell are you? Man, I am uh, driving back from Orlando right now. Uh, the original plan was to kind of stop by the show today and say what's up to you guys. I'm supposed to get into town uh, in Jackson around 4 o'clock, but... Unfortunately, uh, an airline had other ideas, so we were kind of stuck on the runway for like an hour and a half. So it is what it is. <laughs> All right, man. Congrats. Awesome job. That was a great fight last night. You had me jacked up. Yeah, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, um, it, it was definitely, uh, it, it was fun. You know, uh, anytime a 275-pound guy is laying on you for three rounds, that could be a little <laughs> exhausting. But sometimes, you know, you just have to mind your time, be patient. Um, and kind of just, you know, walk through that chaos, and that's what I did. So, yeah, it, it felt great to get the win. Um, you know, and if my fights, you know, I, you know, I walk out and I'm not really banged up or anything, but I have, I have a nice shiner. My, my lip's a little cut. My nose is a little uh, slanted. So, yeah, it, it feels good. Yeah, you sound, like, you sound like you got uh, some allergies, but I think that's probably your nose is, was, was hit a couple of times. Yeah, yeah, so... For whatever reason, sometimes, like, when I get punched in the nose, like, it, it loosens everything up. And, yeah, I've been training, like, the entire day. So, um, not, not good, you know, when you're rocking a mask at the airport. People are asking questions, but it is what it is. Uh, the, uh, you, you, well, you can now say, like, you should see the other guy. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> when people ask that question. Uh, all right, hey, did you... How much of that was your game plan? We'll talk more about it tomorrow, too, but how much of that was your game yeah. plan? You're comfortable on your back. You knew he would try to get you to grapple. Yeah. But uh, did you – and I was concerned about you in the first round. I'm not going to lie uh, sure. because I was like, I don't know, that's a long time. But then I looked at him when he got up after the first round, and I was like, man, he's dog-tired already. So yeah. how much did it play – how much did your game plan work out, and how much would you like to have stayed up on your feet a little bit more? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, as far as the game plan, not getting slammed and spiked on my head twice was not part of the game plan whatsoever. <laughs> um, you, you know, we, we knew he was a wrestler. And, um, you know, so the, the, the biggest plan was to stay long, use my rage, um, and not overcommit on anything. And, and actually, you know, in the first couple rounds, I did overcommit a little bit before he was able to get And then, you know, being a big guy like he was, um, he's able to get me down, you know, when I got on my back, though, I was comfortable, um, and I never really panicked. You know, if you watch that, the, the, the last well, the last loss that I had against Vernon Lewis, um, you know, I kind of got uncomfortable a little bit. Well, this guy weighed a lot more than Vernon Lewis did, but 
I was just trying to find some openings, you know, attacking submissions, just keep him on his toes a little bit so he just couldn't unwind with punches and everything. And, and thankfully, he didn't do that. And, and I could definitely hear him getting winded and tired. And then the funny part was, too, is his corner was, like, right in my ear. So his corner kept on saying, he's getting tired, he's getting tired. And there's one point uh, during the second round where I turned to the corner, I'm like, I'm not getting tired. He, your guy's getting tired. He's on top of me. You tell me what's going on. So then it, so then his corner men were trying to, like, you know, talk smack and everything. So, yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. By the way, you're right. And I was watching. Those guys were right. You came really close to protecting yourself at, when you got slammed. They show you the power of that guy is that, I yeah. mean, you're 245 pounds, and he did kind of pick you up there. Um, yeah. So he's a strong guy. But you brought your arm back just in time. I didn't realize that. I didn't catch it at first. And then when they showed some of the replays, they they were like, oh, good thing you brought his arm back because you could have jammed your shoulder or something there. No, for sure, for sure. You know, that, that's kind of one of the very first things they teach you in, in grappling is, you know, if you get taken down, you get slammed, it's how to fall. So, yeah, thankfully, I mean, that that was going through my head. Well, first of all, I was like, oh, crap, oh, crap. I'm not used to being up here this high. And then it was like, all right, get my arm in and make sure, you know, when I land, uh, I'm in a good spot where I don't get too hurt. Yeah, it's kind of like how I'm going to feel when I go through that table eventually. Uh, eventually, yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, all right, last thing about the fight. Uh, well, two more things, really. But the the uppercut, sure. man. I mean, that was that's what it's all about, right? I mean, that's why you train. Yeah, absolutely. And then you know that that was the cool thing too. Of so at the end of the third round, um, it ended kind of on the feet, and we we're going back and forth. And I smiled at him a little bit because I'm like, all right, finally, you now did. you want to punch me in the face. Yeah, it's good to see. Um, and then I smiled at him. I, I said a little something to him, and, like, he turned away immediately. So I knew, like, mentally he wasn't there anymore. So I knew if I could keep this thing on the feet for the fourth and fifth round, there's no way that he, he's going to be able to laugh. So then we go back to the corner. I'm feeling great. And then the coach tells me, faint uppercut, faint uppercut. It's there all night. Just leave it. And I'm like, all right, cool. So I, I noted that. Um, I, threw, I threw a one-two at him, caught him with that, and then I faint uppercutted and. Yeah, the rest of history. Wow, that's good coaching, uh, good plan right there. Uh, Absolutely. We were going nuts down the sports office. Casey was going crazy up here. I don't know if you've seen that video yet. I've seen it, yes. <laughs> I, I literally, because, I mean, obviously, I, I was kind of, you know, chilling last night on, on my phone. But I saw it when I got off the plane. I went on Twitter finally. And, yeah, I've, I've got to respond to that for sure. <laughs> so... That's, that's not going to be my new nickname. I want to say that right now, but I appreciate it, Casey. It, it just came out. You know, it was in the moment. I was hype, and that's just what I was feeling. And I, I wanted I wanted to let old boy know that uh, he got knocked out by hot buns. Like, uh, you know what I'm saying? It just it had to happen. Free range. Free range hot buns. Hey, uh, free range hot buns. Yeah, yeah free yeah. range hot buns. Is it too uh, early to know what's next? Or have you heard from anybody? Or what's your vibe uh, coming off the fight? Because yeah. we tried to tell everybody it's a big fight, and it was a big fight. And that's a good opponent yeah. and a guy who's been there before. And that, he wrestles at yeah. a, a, a renowned gym, is what Stewart told yeah. me. So, uh, yeah. I mean, it was a big, big, big W for you. Yeah, it, it was a huge win. Um, I, I was a big underdog in that fight. You know, I think a lot of people expected him just to kind of walk through me and um, I was thankful to get the win. So, yeah, and then now we're just going to kind of wait back and see a little bit. Um, there has been some communications already, but, like, you know, nothing, like, really worth mentioning right now. But, um, you know, I mean, if you look at the resume, what I've, what I've been able to do against some pretty, you know, high, highly talented guys in the state of Florida and now, you know, around the country, um, 
hopefully, you know, I get a call from Big Show pretty soon. That would be good. All right, well, safe drive uh, back from Orlando. Yep. I just want to let you know, and uh, so, so you sleep well tonight. We've got a show tomorrow, yep. Tuesdays at Top Golf, but you can expect yep. uh, some white fudge Oreos and also some bun cake. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, and by the way, too, go ahead and give me my points for uh, Luke List, by the way. Because nothing, <laughs> nothing got me more pumped up for a fight than watching PGA Tour on my ESPN Plus app. So go ahead and give me that Luke List. That was like, was it 80 points I got from him? Yeah, I think it was points. a good day for you. By the way, that's a heck of a, uh, something to bring you back up after watching the Jags uh, in the early well, part I'm of the afternoon. Say, I, can, I can only watch the Jaguars for so much, Brent. So I had to watch the golf. <laughs> yeah, to get yeah. a good mental space. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, not only that, but Tiger Woods released a video of him hitting a golf ball yesterday. Yeah, I'm sure oh, that's what got him going. You no, know, for sure, for sure. I just saw he's 35 <laughs> one odds to win the Masters in 2022. So we got that. We can talk all about it tomorrow. I can't wait, man. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Have a good uh, drive back. Uh, we'll talk to you later. We'll do. All right. Talk to you guys later. That's Austin Lane, victorious last night. I'm still on a high from the victory. Like, I'm the Iceman only in name. I haven't been in the corner yet, but I really felt like I was a part of that one. Me too. Like, I, I, yeah. yeah, you really looked it after... I, I mean, high. you actually looked it, too. Oh, dude, I was sweating. Yeah, you were I, I you were like sweating. a mess. I was really. a horrible mess. <laughs> yeah. That's why I can't be in the corner, you know what I'm saying? I'll be too... Imagine if I was there, I'll be worked up. By the way, I have our plan for the next fight. You know how we... I don't know if we talked about it on the radio or not, but we were talking about if we could do commentary. Remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah. You got a plan? I got a plan. All right. I'm not going to tell the people because they'll steal our plan. Yeah, but right, I got don't a plan. do that. We'll talk about it later. Uh, we produce a lot of shows live on air, but we won't give that little secret. Nah, can't. All right, it. let's take a break. Uh, come back, take a look at the, the rest of the NFL. Just a programming note, a couple of them, really. we got Jags Report live coming up tonight, 7 o'clock from Sneakers in Jack's Beach on Fox 30. But come on out, James Robinson will be there. 6 o'clock right after this show, Brian Middleton, Casey Kurtz, Action Sports Jacks overtime until 7 o'clock on the social media channel, 6.30 right here on the radio side. And then tonight we have Florida State basketball in the Jacksonville Classic over at UNF Arena. The game you can listen to right here on ESPN 690. And the Monday night football game, Westwood One coverage will play on 104.5 WOKV uh, for that game. And, of course, it's the Giants and the Bucks. And the last of the programming notes is tomorrow's our last show of the week. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we'll go ESPN programming. Tomorrow, Tuesdays at Top Golf, we'll be there. Josh Colby will be there. Talk more about Austin's fight. We eat bunt cake, we eat white fudge Oreos, and we have a hell of a time. And I'll be sitting in a dark room. <laughs> we'll bring you some. You I say promise. That, so. Yeah, I know. It just depends how late I'm running. Yeah. <laughs> what worries me, Brent? We'll be back on ESPN 690. I know everyone's pointing to Dan Mullen's season this year in Florida and going, what a disaster. I mean, they've, they've gone to three straight years of big-time bowl games in the SEC. So I'm just saying his name is going to be attached to that because of his prior history with quarterbacks and because of the skill set that Justin Fields has. I have said this. Justin Fields is the most important draft pick in the history of the Chicago Bears. The second most important pick will be who they select as the next head coach. <laughs> you see that video of the little kid? Say like, I hate Matt Nagy. Like, he's got to be, like, 14 <laughs> months old. I didn't see it. Oh, yeah. It was funny because whoever tweeted it, I forget who tweeted it. But, uh, <laughs> like, I wonder what, I wonder where he heard that from. <laughs> you know, like, the dad probably like, yeah. says that nonstop. Uh, you know who that was, though, right? That was Dan Orlowski. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's your guy.
Mm-hmm. He has, uh, why hasn't he ever joined us on the show? That's more of like a you thing. I mean, I, that's your I actually, guy. I put a request in for him one time this year. I've done, I haven't done as many requests this year. Uh, but I have to go revisit that. Orlowski's a busy guy, but the other guy we got to get on once at least this fall, as you mentioned him the other day, Jason Fitz, used to join us every Tuesday. Oh, yeah. He's too big for us now, apparently, but mm. he'll still give us a buzz. Uh, he would do it. So uh, we'll have to do that. They got to now. We got the champ. You know what I'm saying? We got the champ. Uh, he likes to talk about, like, Food Network stuff, and uh, he might be really fired up because his Raiders stink right now. Yeah. So. By the way, isn't Austin a double champ? Yeah, because he's got a yeah, – I don't know if he ever got that other belt in. Like, he always says he's going to bring the belts, but he never brings the belts. If he's a double champ, he needs to bring the belts. Yeah. It's like a champ champ. You yeah, know? you got to put one on each shoulder, right? Yeah, and then you need one for your waist, but he'll get there. No doubt. Well, I got, we'll get the Dream 18 belt right here if he needs one for the waist. Okay, yeah, we can do that. <laughs> Whatever works. I'm, I'm sure that I'm sure she carries be, the same weight. I'm sure he'll be proud to wear that one. Uh, Brent Martin, Casey Kurtz, uh, Brian Middleton, Casey Kurtz coming up at 6 o'clock. Action Sports Shacks overtime. Brian was just telling me about I love to hear that signal go all the way up to South Carolina. He was driving up to South Carolina. He heard this signal loud and clear, the fishing show on Saturday morning. Oh, yeah. The signal is massive. It's unreal. It's amazing. You can hear us everywhere. You can. I mean, listen, you can hear us anywhere anyway. According to Twitter, the signal goes all the way to England. I know you saw that. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Andy? Yeah. He helped, He listens all the time. That's our He's guy. He's a good listener. And, uh, of course, I mean, you can find us anywhere in the world. We're on Twitch and YouTube and Facebook and Twitter. And he led with Twitch. Yep. Yeah, I just I got to pick up the Twitch followers a little bit. Yeah, for real. I'm with you. Uh, we know you're out there, Twitch community. So you can't find us anywhere. I mean, we're, we're basically, we feel like we're a national show. So, speaking of, <laughs> we are self-proclaimed national show. Uh, how about uh, uh, yesterday on ESPN 690 Game Day Live, I highlighted four games of interest. Mm-hmm. Let's revisit those four games of interest. The Jags weren't one of them. The Colts and Bills. So, if the Colts won that game, now look out because yeah. they could now make a run. Oh, baby, that was impressive. Yeah. that was Jonathan Taylor is something out of this world. Uh, and they are they are hitting stride. It's amazing. And Tennessee loses to the Texans inexplicably. They've lost to the Texans and the Jets. Like, what are you doing? And so now, two games back for the Colts. That still could be problematic because the Titans beat them both times, so they swept them. So they're actually like three games back. But now for the playoff race, six and five, feeling good about themselves. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, who now might become part of, like, the MVP conversation of the league. Uh, this is uh, big stuff by the Colts. That was a huge win. And now the Bills fall behind the Patriots in the AFC East, and nobody saw that coming. I mean, the Patriots, everybody will give them love and say all they do is win, but I didn't see this coming. Uh, now we're at 11, I think for those teams, 11 games in. 7-4, mm-hmm. and four, I think the Patriots are. And the uh, Patriots are in first. That's, that's astonishing. So that was a huge game and a shocker in terms of the score. Like, it was one thing if the Colts hung around and won. I mean, they blasted them. Yep. Wasn't even close. So uh, I called the Packers Vikings games being a good one, though, and the Vikings win. Yeah. I like the Vikings in that one. I got to take my wins because they've been few and far between. They have. Uh, but that was a good win by Vikings. I, I think they choke all the time. Zimmer can't win games, it feels like, but they were able to pull that one out and they get it done. I don't know if it changes much, but what it should do is let's see, five and five for the Vikings. I mean, the, I told you this yesterday. 
on our ESPN 690 game day live from the Duval House. We do it every home game for the Jazz. We'll be back out there 9 o'clock in the morning on Sunday uh, before the Falcons game. And, I mean, Minnesota easily could have eight wins. Mm-hmm. They could be an eight and two team. And oh, that, yeah. And now every team's like, oh, we could have won this game. We could have won that game. No, they, like, They really could have, yeah. And they found a way to win that one. I bet on that, by the way. I took your advice. Oh, did you? Appreciate you. You're welcome. 10%. You don't want 10% of five bucks. I mean, it's not worth it. I would even bet $5. Washington over the Carolina Panthers. Uh, That was not a game I highlighted, but I'm impressed with Washington. Yeah. Because that was a good win. Uh, What do we got? Bengals and the Raiders. That was the other one I highlighted. Yes. 32-13, Bengals. It was closer than that. Closer than that, yeah. You know, and then they pulled away. But now we talked about this earlier. The Raiders could be on a tailspin. And look out. Like, it could go south in a hurry for the Raiders, and it's not like, well, they're going to fire their coach. They're looking for a coach anyway yeah. at the end of the year. Damn but, Mullen. And then the other one was the Cowboys-Chiefs, and uh, everybody thought that would be a heck of a game. It really wasn't. It wasn't a, that good. Kind of a dud of a game. I wasn't locked in. Because everybody thought it would be like 34-31 type of game. Yeah. And it's 19-9, so. I was already in fight mode, so. Yeah, that's a good point. We yeah. didn't care about the football after that, although the Chargers and Steelers game was pretty good. Well, yeah, that was that was after. You know, yeah, five know, was like, we were all in a good mood, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, the, out of the four games that I highlighted, I think three really tell the story. Now, the Chiefs might tell the story. The Chiefs get a win. Their defense comes around. They find a way to win. They're seven and four. The Raiders are falling off. Chargers with a huge win to keep pace. The Broncos, I don't think, are going to be a factor there. So it's the Chargers and the Chiefs now in the West. So, the, like that was a big moment here in, in Week 11 to kind of say, okay. Now we know who's is in the mix in the AFC West. The Raiders are not. Like, they're, they're not in the mix. Like, they look like they are in the mix, but they're not. Correct. Until they prove otherwise. I still don't think Denver's good enough to prove, like, that they should belong in the conversation. You look at the AFC South, it's the Titans and the Colts. Right there. You look at the AFC North, and the Steelers are weird. The Ravens find a way to win. And I don't think they're great. And obviously, they didn't have Lamar. But they win. Uh, and... Cleveland is a weird team. Again, a W. It's a weird division in general. Yeah, I don't know who I'm buying in the AFC North. And I still wouldn't be stunned if, like, Cincinnati came out of there. Yeah, no, I agree, absolutely. And they and, and then you got the Patriots and the uh, Bills. Yeah, that's it. So you really have all four teams in the North. And what I think, you have two teams in each of the other divisions. So you got ten teams playing for seven spots. Yeah. That's the way it's going to shake out. No, you're right, absolutely. I think Cincinnati might come out of there if they... They ran the ball well yesterday. They got to keep doing that. But, yeah, Raiders, yikes. The North is really wild, though, because you could buy any of those teams and you could sell any of those teams. Oh, yeah. Like, even the Ravens. I, now, most people wouldn't sell the Ravens, but I just don't know if I'm big on the Ravens. I feel like the Ravens have gotten pretty fortunate. Yeah. You know? And and you make your own breaks. but And they figured out a way to win close games, so you got to give them some credit for that. Um, I can't buy Pittsburgh as much as I try. Yeah, it's, it's I mean, that was a fourth quarter that was just yeah. that everything went right. I mean, they tied the Lions. Yeah. That's, that's a ben, heck of a and, sentence. And Ben's not. It, the eye test isn't good on Ben Roethlisberger. It's not. Uh, they are still one, two, three, four, five teams only now. It used to be six. There are five teams only over 500 in the NFC. Five. How can we get in the NFC? Can we just change? We'd still have two wins. Unless we were playing the Detroit Lions. Maybe we'd have three. Can we get in that the AFC North? They should just there? put the Jags, the Lions, the Jets, and 
I don't know. Name your team. Atlanta. Maybe Atlanta in a division. I like it. The Jags, the Lions, the Jets, Atlanta. It's all East Coast time. I mean, we could create a, divi a division. The NFC shame. Something like that. <laughs> all right. We got to go. Uh, Six o'clock. You guys are going to talk more sports. Uh, that's uh, Casey Kurtz and Brian Middleton. Action Sports Jacks overtime. Seven o'clock. Jags report live. Fox 30. Come on out. The sneakers. James Robinson will be there. And tomorrow, Austin Lane will join us back on the show. Tuesdays at Top Golf. Three o'clock on ESPN 690. Josh Scobie will be there as well. Bunt Cakes will be there as well. White Fudge Oreos will be there as well. I better go shopping. I would. And I better not eat lunch. Because I'm yeah. going to snack all afternoon. The holiday season has arrived. Yes, it has. See you tomorrow at Top Golf on ESPN 690. Have a good night, everybody. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.